Today's show is brought to you by Audible. Audible is offering our listeners a free audiobook with a 30-day trial membership. Just go to audibletrial.com forward slash SLM. There you can browse the unmatched selection of audio programs, download a title free, and get started listening. It's that easy. Just go to audibletrial.com forward slash SLM to get started now. What's up, everybody, and welcome back to the Outfielder Podcast, episode 92, brought to you by Sensibly Loud Media. I am your host, J-Mac, a.k.a. Founder Numero Uno, and I am joined by my co-host, Mr. Popfly himself, Founder Numero Dos, Ben. I am in no way, shape, or form like a blood purist. Baseball, Ben, what's going on, man? (laughs) Okay, let the record show that that comment was about um, Harry Potter blood purists. Uh, and here to give their takes on the Hufflepuff uh, and Hogwarts sorting hat, let's see who's on deck. Ladies and gentlemen, now batting cleanup for the Outfielder podcast, number three, the great Sam Bino. Good evening, Sam. Hello. Welcome back. Thank you. How are you doing after the award show? Uh, good. Things are good. Yeah, not too bad. I love the the Harry Potter references that are flying around this show already. Just, yeah, no reference of Ravenclaw, which is a shame because mm-hmm. I feel like that's where I would go. I haven't put a lot of thought into where I would go, actually, because I only read those books like two years ago. So, I do give mad props to J-Mac because he would read one book and then watch the movie and then he'd read the next book and then watch the movie. And I thought it was a good, like methodical way of going through it. And, uh, I don't often give, give praise, but in this case, praise is due for J Mac founder numero uno. We like a good methodology. don't we? (laughs) Yes. Yeah. No, I felt, I felt like that was the best one. I started to give myself an applause, but then I just took it back (laughs) here at the outfielder. We are fans of methodologies. (laughs) Indeed. You, we also like processes, flow charts, sometimes logarithms. Lots of I would say uh, no, a little documentation never hurt anybody either. <laughs> Definitely agreed. Even though we're kind of the worst about documenting the things that we say we're going to document. However, we have we did have a pretty successful year in documenting things that we said we were going to either do or follow up on. And I was mm-hmm. perusing through that list yesterday just out of sheer boredom. And some of it just kind of makes you laugh when you really look back at it. Like, you know, things like Javi Baez having a lisp, uh, things that are worse, wet, uh, the bunt derby in, <laughs> in Colorado, the Yankees changing their uniforms. Um, yeah, lots of lots of crazy things on that list to follow up on. Those are all based in reality, though. That's so, true. I mean, it's very true. Where did we land on on the wet things? Like, I don't I know. Your oh, take, Ben, I believe your take was... There's nothing that's worse wet, and I rattled off like seven things that are definitely worse wet. No, you it. you pulled three right out of the gate because you you put them in the chat. It was bread, dirt, and carpet. <laughs> You're also yeah. like napkins. Fuck you, Ben. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty awesome. So you know we'll we'll we have all off season to to follow up on things, but it has been probably <laughs> it's this has probably been one of the most like post tumultuous like world series i've ever seen with this whole 
Hashtag, we're going to call it Astros cheat because that's what's been going around. The whole Astros <laughs> story. Um, lots of lots of bullshit surrounding the Houston Astros right now. Yeah, I think it's you, you hit the nail right on the head because so much of post-World Series. I mean, I remember when the Red Sox won, I think in 14, the biggest story after the Red Sox won was like, here's a picture of Mike Napoli smoking a cigarette shirtless on a 20-degree snowy day. Like, mm-hmm. that was what news was like after that World Series run. And now, I mean, even before Hall of Fame voting stuff came out yesterday, there's so much baseball stuff to talk about. It's really true. I mean, what of your... So, I guess, I mean, we can go into the, the Houston stuff first, I guess, because that's, again, kind of the biggest story. Sam, I mean, what is your... Well, I guess I'll give an overview and then we'll start going into kind of takes on the sure. whole thing as a whole. So essentially, a couple, about a week and a half ago, Mike Fier- Fears, Fires, I never know how to say that guy's name. Guy well, Fieri? There's two of them, right? One of them is Fears and the other one's Fires. Yeah, I'm not sure which is which, to be real honest with you. But former Astros pitcher, current uh, Oakland A's pitcher, Mike Fires slash Fears, whichever one he is. Um Essentially, was doing an interview with Ken Rosenthal and and Evan Drellick of the Atlantic, the Athletic, the other day. I always I always call that the Atlantic instead of the Athletic, and one is very different than the other. And essentially, those are two things that we're misnaming already on this show. Oh, all right, right so out of the I gate, we're like go. five minutes in. Yeah, it's great. But essentially, you know, came out and said that the he you know, he pitched for the Astros during the 2017 season, in which they lit, went on to win the World Series, and that they were stealing signs and they were not just stealing signs in a traditional runner sit, uh, standing on second watching what pitches might be thrown and somehow you know signaling to the batter this is like a pretty high tech and, and I, I do want to preface all this was saying allegedly because we don't know yet but it seems like a pretty high tech system with cameras set up and people watching in the dugout and, and watching yeah. surveillance on their actual signs and for what it's worth Mac talked a little bit about stealing signs because that's been around as long as baseball's been around where not that cheating is encouraged but that was always sort of a it's just how you play the game you try to gain a slight competitive event competitive advantage while you're on the field and you know if you happen to figure out that a two left down that that means you know a a slider outside then so be it right so this is not that you know not that so baseball has always tolerated, looked the other way, you know, when you think of spitballs, like there's a decent amount where it's all the this, that or the other. But this is a much more high tech, like totally different pun intended ball game. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sam, what was your initial take on this? My initial take was, have, haven't they been talking about the Astros doing this for like three seasons now? Yes, they have. And... Um, not surprising, right? It, this isn't new information. It just seems to be like reaffirmed or like uh, alleged again. Yeah. Am I making that up? I feel like we've been hearing about this for a little while. And no one's ever really like done anything about it's it. It's definitely gone around. And I mean, this happened to the Red Sox in 2017 with the Apple Watch thing and all that. And, you know, yeah. using, you know, technology to basically steal st- signs and all this. But it kind of went away. But this, I think what makes this different is just that a former player that played on the team came out and said, look, and and I mean, you got to take that at face value too, right? He doesn't play there anymore. But at the same time, came out at face value and, you know, said basically like, this is what's happening. And so, 
I think that's interesting. It, it's very interesting. I mean, you got to think that that guy's going to be blackballed for a while. Um, sharing information about other people's clubhouses. If you were to leave like the A's, he might have things to say about the sewage situation. I'm sure. Yes, like we do. <laughs> but I guess, I mean, so what rule are they breaking? Do we know like firmly what rule this is? I, I think the biggest issue with it is just the use of technology to gain that competitive edge versus like, like I said, this isn't hanging out on second and just kind of watching what's going on. This is more the use of sophisticated cameras and stuff like that to relay signs because the the other part of this that i didn't set up as well is that they essentially would go it and i want to i want both your take on this because i i might be in the minority on this i'm not sure but essentially they would like bang on a trash can or something like that to signal hey change up is coming hey fastball is coming and what that can mean and the whole reason that people steal signs in the first place is to know what pitch is coming which in turn can make it easier to hit I would argue that you still have to have the talent to hit those pitches in the first place. But yes, I do get that point. And there's videos that have come out that have shown like, you know, bang, bang on the trash can. All of a sudden the fastball comes or, or a changeup comes is the most uh, popular one. But I'll be real honest with you guys. I can't hear it whenever I can't hear a bang, bang over the crowd. Like you like think about a World Series crowd and you're sitting there hitting a wooden spoon. That's what I picture. I don't know why. A wooden <laughs> spoon on the on the trash can trying to signal a fastball. Like, are you really gonna hear that? I, I don't know. That just doesn't something about that doesn't add up to me. Not to be an asshole, but like they, they are breaking a rule or they are not breaking a rule. I don't think that they're technically breaking a rule because I don't think that it's stated that you can't use Yeah technology and that's what you're getting at i know but it's more complex than that and i think that's it's more the spirit of it right sure and they can go against the spirit of the game all they like and not actually be in like the wrong right right ben where's your head at on the, all this so i absolutely give mad props to sam for asking the hard-hitting questions like <laughs> yeah you're a piece of shit but are you breaking a rule you know so I've been trying to kind of go into back and forth on that because for me, it's like if I can set up a camera in my own ballpark and have like special signs or signals like that seems unfair. And it seems like that, oh, well, it'll all come out in the wash. Well, it might not, you know, and sure. yes, baseball is played 162 games. So 81 of them would be able to have whatever my home advantage is. But that's a pretty big advantage. So yeah. I just pulled up um, sign stealing um, <laughs> and uh, legality, at least according to Wikipedia, is sign stealing is not a violation of Major League Baseball's rule book, depending on how the signs were stolen. According Ooh. to the unwritten rules, stealing signs as they're given by the third base coach or by a base runner or second base watching the catcher's signal is acceptable but a batter peeking to see the signs is a violation. It's up to the defensive team to protect their signs so they are not stolen. Violation of the unwritten rules. Mm. Correct. Back to the unwritten rule thing again. Yeah, I like breaking the unwritten rules. And if it needs to be written, then write it. I mean, that's a good point. And I mean, they're going to have to write something here. But the, the, thing, the thing that gets me about this is, so they allegedly had a camera set up in the in center field that looked in on the signs and apparently there was a guy that sat at a table on like next to the dugout or under the like behind the dugout something like that 
who was watching that film and relaying signs to allegedly Alex Cora and Carlos Beltran, which we'll get into that in a minute. So let me tab for just a second, because to Sam's last point around unwritten rules are meant to be bent or broken, otherwise write them down. Some of the other baseball unwritten rules, I mean, you're technically, by that school of thought, don't bunt to break up a no-hitter. Yeah. Yeah, Would you, you can do it. I mean, you're a dickhead for doing it, but... Didn't the Ra- uh, okay. didn't the Red Sox or the Rangers do that to... Didn't the Red Sox do that to Lance Lynn or something like that this year? Wasn't that a thing? Um, it was some Lance asshole thing like that. It's congruent, but I, I can go into what it was if you like. No, it's not necessary. Um, uh, so essentially, yeah, they had this guy that was re- relaying signs to the bench coaches, and they were in turn telling the players what what was going on. And apparently there are clear evidence that they are laying off pitches in certain situations and whatnot when they know that it's coming. Again, you have to be able to hit those pitches, though. So, I mean, in a way, it's like it is an unwritten rule, and it is kind of a weird area. But the thing that kills me about this is, so they have this center field camera set up to steal these signs and everything. They were better on the road than they were at home. Which doesn't really make a whole lot of sense to me as far as wins losses go. This year, so no, in twenty seventeen in that season. Hmm. But in, but by that logic, that's like just because, J Mac, if you planned a murder and you happen to fail at it, that doesn't mean that you that you're scot free. I didn't say they were scot free by any stretch of the imagination. But okay. what I'm saying is it. It's not. I mean, that team was fucking good. It's. I mean, they won 101 games. It's. I mean, okay, maybe that provides an, a competitive advantage. And I mean, you can't argue that it's definitely against the spirit of the rules. But I don't know that it. To Sam's point, that it was really against the rules. And at the end of the day, like, too bad. You should have been smarter, and you also should have changed your signs more often. Yeah. So uh, we. So we're pretty firmly in the camp of they're not breaking any rules. Can we talk about why this is so bad? Yes, please. I think this is really bad. Um, Yeah, yes, they're not breaking any rules. I don't think they should be punished if they're deemed to not have broken any actual rules. Like change the rules if you want uh, that to not be a thing anymore. I don't like this because it's not skill based. Right. This is a camera looking at signs and then you relaying them verbally. Like it takes quite a bit of effort for someone on second to steal signs. I love that. It takes no skill for a camera to be doing the work for you. So for that reason, I think that's really shitty. Yeah, I, I don't. I mean, that's a very good point. And it's it's really interesting. I saw that there was a um, a quote from Rob Manfred today because they're they're at the MLB winter meetings, and he says. Any allegations that relate to a rule violation that could affect the outcome of a game or games is the most serious matter. We have uh, what is going to be a really, really thorough investigation ongoing. But what's funny about that is baseball, the MLB is an organization, and I, it's a little bit tough because I don't necessarily know how this it, this will fall, shake out under Rob Manfred just because we haven't been in this kind of situation before. But baseball has a history of turning their their heads the other way to make things look more exciting. Or you know, I mean, look at the steroid era, for God's sakes. Mm-hmm. They throw players under the bus all the time for that. And it's like, your league didn't have rules set up to keep this from happening. And it's almost the exact same thing where it's like, I mean, <laughs> what the Astros have done 
is definitely unethical. Don't get me wrong. But at the same time, like, there's no real rule against it. And I think that's what we're getting at here. I just think it's very yeah. interesting that they happen to apply that kind of logic because he wants to say, well, yeah, this is going to affect the outcomes of the game. So we don't necessarily, you know, condone it. But at the same time, like, they're not really doing anything to proactively stop this from happening either. Right. So th this might be in violation of the unwritten rules of baseball. But if you've actually read any of the the real rules of baseball, there's like quite a bit of room for interpretation. And I think if they really want to do something to the Astros in regards to this, they'll find a way to like twist one of those rules and say like, you broke rule 1AF. Yeah. That's fair. So it, it's funny that you said that because I just pulled up the rule book and did a good old command F search and I'm about 30 times into the appearance of the word sign to try and figure out what it does stay in here so more to come shortly have you gotten past the part that defines ballpark entrance signs because it seems like uh, that would really trip you up a, a lot of it actually is shit like that right? <laughs> I'm sure it is but I, I think the other so I, I Sam kind of brought up or alluded to a good point like what does this mean for baseball I mean obviously this is not a good look, but the way I look at this is you got to be really, really careful what you wish for, because if you start sniffing around, you're going to find a lot of things you probably don't want to find. And I'm not saying that that's a reason to, you know, to not sniff around and check things out. But like a lot of ball clubs do this. I can guarantee you that's true. You think so? I, I know so. I mean, how could it not be? They can't be the only ones that are smart enough to do something like this. Well, that's they're where... probably the smartest team in baseball, though. <sighs> How do you quantify that? <laughs> uh, I don't know. I know it gets tough. <laughs> I think that's one of those weird sabermetric stats that we can find. <laughs> it's got to be out there somewhere. But I, is it so? I mean, baseball. How do they? I guess that comes into the other question too. Like, what is the punishment? Like, what what kind of punishment can they give to the Astros that's mm -hmm. going to? to curtail this from happening in the future. I have a very creative solution that is like off the wall. I knew you would. <laughs> I think I said it to you guys already, but I believe that the Astros need to finish 10 games or above their competitors in the division next year, or they have to trade Altuve. Hmm. Interesting. I think that they probably will though. So that's kind of, I don't know. It just seems yeah, like good for them. Yeah. And, and like further than that, like, so I've thought about this from a lot of angles, like, okay, let's talk about vacating the World Series title. What does that do? Not a damn thing. Okay, they can't have a banner hanging in their, in their you know, ballpark. But like, it's not like you're going to take that and give it to the, the second place. Was that the Dodgers? You're not going to take it and give it to the Dodgers. I'm just going to assume it was the Dodgers because they go to the World Series and lose most years. Um, it's, just, that is who lost that year. There you go. And I just, I mean, it's not like you just take that and give it to second place. That's not how that works. So you don't. Taking away a title doesn't mean shit. They've already made all the money off of that, so that doesn't well, matter. Well, I mean, one year they didn't have a World Series. What was it, 1904, and then the strike year? So, I mean, like, you can have gaps in your championship. Yeah. I'm not saying that becomes a Tour de France where, like, oh, yeah, the top 20 bikers all, all yeah. roids. So, like, yeah. what, about, what about no uh, in-division home games? No, all in division games are played away. Hmm. Interesting. See, 
that seems a little more palatable from a MLB rules standpoint, as opposed to saying you got to trade your best batter. I, mean, I, know, I love ridiculous. where your head's at. But. Yeah. But like, I mean, at the end of the day, though, so say there's a gap. Who cares? Like everybody knew, knows that the Astros won regardless. It's not like it's some big secret. And OK, it's a black mark on the organization. But do you think they give a fuck? No, because they've already made the money off of it. That's what this comes down to in that sense. So. I did let me know if and when y'all want it. I did find the rule book rules on what it says about signs. Okay, go ahead. All right. So this is rule 5.07 pitching a legal pitching delivery. There are two legal pitching positions, the windup position and the set position, and either position may be used at any time. Pitchers shall take signs from the catcher while in contact with the pitcher's plate. Comment. Pitchers may disengage the rubber after taking the signs, but may not step quickly onto the rubber and pitch. This may be judged by a, a judged a quick pitch by the umpire. When the pitcher disengages the rubber, he must drop his hands to the side. Pitchers shall not be allowed to disengage the rubber after taking each sign. I love a good quick pitch. Always good. I love quick pitches. <laughs> Always good. <laughs> so great when it You know the pitcher is just shitting his pants. He's like, oh, I got to get this guy out. I'm just going to quick pitch him. <laughs> can't believe i got away with that fantastic so okay but so is that in relation what you're saying is to like switching up your signs so i can't find anything about switching up sides i'm now in 5.10d oh, that's so far the only thing in the rule book there's no there's no rule about changing signs you can do that at any point right in time. I, you know you know what i bet there's almost no rules on signs that's like an invention out of uh necessity yeah, and I don't know why there would be rules on him other than this kind of thing. I mean, but, but at, what, at what point did the catcher have to stop screaming at the pitcher like throw a fastball? Like that's when <laughs> the rule book was already written. They didn't go back and change it to say how signs work. I this haven't. Seems like in, in another one. This is in five dot ten. It's called cross up in signs. In the event a team has exhausted its allotment of mound visits in the game or extra inning, the home plate umpire determines that the catcher and pitcher did not have a shared understanding mm. of the location or type of a pitch that has been signaled by a catcher, otherwise referred to as a cross-up, the home plate umpire may, upon request of the catcher, allow the catcher to make a brief mound visit. However, any mound visit resulting from a cross-up prior to a team exhausting its allotted ball will go against mound visits. So, I mean, that's the only other thing so far. I like that, that addition or that addendum to the mound visit mm -hmm. addition. That's mm -hmm. like a nice, a nice piece of legislature there yeah i agree and I, I i mean it makes sense in that in that you know context i guess but at the end of the day like i just i, I think that you've got to like are you telling me that you can't be in the third inning and be like let's change things up here like you like someone like scherzer or verlander can't do that I think like you, you know can. They can. it just counts as them it goes against your mound visits yeah, but Only if you you can change signs without even visiting the mound right you can give a signal to change your signs in some way shape or form can definitely do that it, it definitely get makes it more complex and more complicated like i mean and the idea is to keep it simple but like i i mean i don't <laughs> if teams are going to be using uh, again we'll talk about the like what they can do to prevent this here in a minute but like if they're going to be using stuff like that or figuring out how to steal signs they're going to do it almost certainly so i mean i don't know if i don't know you can only change them up so much yeah but like at the same time like i don't know if there's really anything you can stop make you could do to stop this from happening i don't know what it would be from the yeah, sign need, standpoint of thing 
we need to see if there's any rules against use of uh, technology. Yeah, Would so this be that's unsportsmanlike conduct. Yeah, it could be. No but manager, it, player, substitute, coach, trainer, or bat boy shall at any time, whether from the bench, the coach's box, or on the playing field, or else incite or try to incite by word or sign a demonstration by the spectators. Did you know that's written in the rule book that the bat boy can't cause a riot? <laughs> it's good to know. Uh, use language, call time. No, I mean, that I don't see any of this. And So some of the more concerning things about this though that I think is is and I want to get back to like what consequences could happen here in a second but uh, it's really interesting that so Alex Cora my Red Sox manager was the bench coach of that team and Carlos Beltran played on that team who is the current uh Knicks ma- Knicks manager Mets manager excuse me <laughs> Mets manager all the same, same terrible same, same color color same, same city yep um the funny thing about this is like this is the most Mets thing in the world is for them to introduce a brand new manager of their team and then have him get banned from MLB or some shit because of this whole scandal. Like that is the most Mets thing that could possibly happen, which made me laugh the second I thought about it. But yeah, that's we got to get Jimmy to tweet on this, like to get his opinion of because in the in the last episode where he was on as our special guest for the season two awards show, mm-hmm. I mean, we talked about Beltran taking over the Mets, and yeah, that's very very Mets. Yeah, very, very much so. So let's let's get back to the consequences thing here in a minute. So we have vacating the World Series title. We, I mean, do you guys think it's plausible that AJ Hinch didn't know about this? If this was what was really going on, the way that we all think it was, or that everybody no. seems to think it was, zero percent no. chance. You don't think he knew in some way? No, I'm saying he, he knew. Like, oh. there's a zero percent chance that he didn't know. Like, I feel if you're running a team at that level you have to know what your staff is doing so he may have some pitching coach or something that's going to fall on the sword but he absolutely knew yes i think the only thing that gives me a moment for pause in that question justin is the fact that he didn't put out garrett cole like that that was the only time i questioned his managerial abilities agreed and that is then i'm like hmm what else could he fuck up yeah that's a good point <laughs> it really makes you second guess him because the the question becomes like should he be banned from baseball and that he should be banned from baseball <laughs> no. he should be banned but i mean that's what this kind of thing brings up it's blatant cheating at the end of the day like it's i, I get i 100 am with you like i don't think it's against the rules technically but it's still, un- I mean, it's kind of like what Ben was saying with the unsportsmanlike conduct thing. It's still very much against the spirit yeah. of what you're trying to do. And yeah, so, like, and just because people just have, cause they haven't, sorry. Well, I was going to say, and people have wondered, like, should he be banned for this? He shouldn't be banned for this. He should be banned for not putting out Garrett Cole in the in the seventh inning of the World Series. That I do know. Let's loosen like, up the rules that dictate how we ban people. Let's yeah, definitely do that because there's like I saw some poll yesterday that like 80% of people don't think Pete Rose should be banned and, and we can get into that whole thing in another time but it's kind of the same thing it's like we're just banning people for no real reason like are we really going to go out there and ban Altuve Bregman you know like all these people that participate in this Alex Cora uh, Carlos Beltran like no that that's insane that would be terrible for baseball yes. right but we can't we can't operate on the assumption that just because a rule book that yes, it's updated every year, but it wasn't part of the initial thing. Like there's probably not a written rule that I can't fly a drone over the stadium and drop, you know, tennis balls on the catcher. That doesn't mean it's a good idea. 
Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. I didn't mean to go off on too much of a tangent initially to like talk about whether it was legal or not. I just think that's important to like talk about so we can figure out what's well you're right because that's what sets the tone for consequences because i think you know to what to what justin said there's no way that they're gonna vacate the world series title like they're not gonna undo anything but it may have future ramifications as far as yeah and and i would like to point out that one thing that i have found incredibly interesting about this whole thing is to that exact point that ben just made like we get down to it And at the end of the day, we're talking about some fines, probably some draft picks, maybe even a few suspensions, just depending on where we're at. And and some front office people are going to get fired and some scouts or whoever was involved. That's what this is going to be. This is not going to be what people think it is. But the one really interesting thing that I've seen about this is the people that seem to be the most vocal about throwing the goddamn book at the Astros and to just absolutely punish them into absolute oblivion. Like, like these are like the banished the team from the MLB type people, you know, is the one common thing that I've noticed is it's a lot of Yankees fans, which I find very interesting. And obviously that's not like tried and true science or anything like that, but there are a lot of kind of prominent Yankees writers and things like that that I follow, you know, to keep a pulse on what's going on in baseball. And all of these people seem to be leading this somewhat of a charge of the fact that all these people should be banned and all these bad things should be happening. It really feels like a case of sour grapes to me. Yeah, they're not uh, kings of the AL anymore, and they're pissed. Correct. Uh, and I would like to point out they did not win a World Series this past decade. Uh, and Well, they I guess they technically have one more chance, but that was that's the first time since the his in the history of baseball that hasn't happened so yeah you've got a lot of yankees fans with some chapped asses but i really don't care if they think that the astros cheated or not that's not like the fact that they couldn't make it past them that doesn't change anything like that's their job their chaplain assistants maybe oh okay i wanted to clarify that i wasn't sure if you said chaff with the with an f in which case Ben Ben's ears would perk up, or if you said chap with a P. With a P. <laughs> okay. If you said shaft, I would have said, we have some splaining to do to you. <laughs> no, I'm I'm good. I'm totally good. <laughs> but yeah, no, I just I find that very interesting though, that you know, it just seems like and that's been kind of a thing the last couple of years where the Astros seem to come and just pound them into oblivion. And that doesn't change the fact that doesn't change anything really. So it's all this. Oh well, they were just cheating the whole time. So obviously they were going to beat us. And it's like, fuck you, because you're the, like of any team, like the teams that when I think about that probably do this include my team, the Red Sox, the Yankees, like these big market teams. Like they're probably doing this shit. I'm mm-hmm. not saying they are by any you know to stretch the imagination, but I I would be willing to bet they are. I wouldn't put that past either, any of these big market teams that want to win like that, especially when you have the, I mean, always follow the money, right? Think about the payroll that you have at stake to make sure that you win. So always can we, follow the money. yeah, absolutely follow the money, but can we just zoom out and uh, remark that J-Mac has somehow found a way to blame the Yankees for this Astros <laughs> cheating? No, I don't blame the Yankees at all. 
I don't blame the Yankees at all. I just find it interesting <laughs> that they seem to be the most vocal majority about how they're cheaters, and they happen to have lost to them in the past three years in the ALCS. Well, they yeah, also they just have like a bigger platform, right? You're not going to hear from Kansas City. Again, San Diego. And that's why I preface this with saying it's not tried and true science by any stretch of the imagination, but it does seem like those people seem to be the most butthurt about this whole thing. So actually, J Mac, this is the this week is the anniversary of the Kennedy assassination. You gonna blame the, the pinstripes <laughs> for that too? You don't know. Speaking Nobody really of knows. Yankees. <laughs> I haven't How about seen- that Zapruder film. <laughs> I haven't seen that uh, that court testimony. I don't know. But um, I, I just find that very interesting. It's, it's just a common trend I've noticed over the last few weeks that, or oh a few boy. days that this has been out. Um, that, made my, that made my day right there. Good. Man. Glad you, you enjoyed it. <laughs> so, I mean, at the end of the day, what do they do to stop this? Change the rules. They have to do all the things that you were talking about, draft picks and fines, and then change the rules. And they can, they can make it equally vague as some of the other antiquated rules, just like no, no, like unsportsmanlike use of technology. Yeah. Yes. You can have iPads showing analytics. No, you can't have cameras, you know, stealing signs. Yeah. I think that has to almost be explicitly built in there though, because I mean, you'll run into this exact thing where, I mean, I I understand the vagueness importance of this, but you're going to run into the same thing where it's like, well, that's sort of against the rules, but not really. And I think that's what they're going to find here. Could be. So, I mean, like, it's, I don't know, to me, it just seems like the, the other thing about this is, so this happened in 2017, there isn't any proof that it just happened in this last World Series, although I wouldn't necessarily be surprised if it was, but, uh, again. Yeah, I mean, it's not like they said, hey, are we going to take down our sign-stealing camera? No, let's leave that one up, like, no one makes that decision. Yeah, but at the same time, like, if they found out that this was going to get out for any stretch, you know, Uh, for any reason or something like that, that's motivation to hey, let's get rid of this thing. And I did find it hilarious that in the 2017 World Series video that they put together, there's a, a actual image of Altuve walking through the dugout, like kind of going inside to the clubhouse. And there's the table set up with a laptop right there that's right next to the dugout. And it just kind of put the, the remote, their own mm-hmm. selves on blast almost right away. But I, I found that hilarious. But I mean, at the end of the day, like you're, you're going to punish the 2020 Astros for something the 2017 Astros did. I mean, that seems... Yes. I mean, tell me, is that crazy? It seems unfair. But I guess it's it's you're punishing the club like. And that's where I think that's where it won't be a tangible like stripping of the title, forcing me to trade someone like it's going. And I know you said that as a joke, but like it's (laughs) it's going to be the things fines, front office firings. That's really about where we're going to look. I don't see them suspending a player for this i'm just fascinated to know how far up the chain this goes does this go all the way to the gm is Maybe nolan ryan Nolan's in charge leaving of, yeah, is, yeah is nolan in charge mm-hmm. of all this i mean well, he, isn't he stepping down yeah he just exited stage left like a week ago that's mm. a sign of guilt yeah he is he sits behind home plate with that big smug face on i know what he's doing just advil you know what really need for this organization beef gonna get a camera Gonna put it in center field. <laughs> I feel like Nolan's the last person who would believe in something like that, given yeah. that <laughs> he still thinks cameras are new technology. They've <laughs> been around since the 1850s. He thinks that they've actually got film in them. <laughs> but how we get it developed and into the dugout before the end of the inning. <laughs> 
Can we talk about the player's performance just a little bit? Because let's. I have a I have a theory. Please. So let's just assume that at every Astros home game, every Astro is getting fed every sign. We know that's probably not true. It's probably not every sign, every at bat, but just for the sake of this argument. Uh, like, yeah. Yeah. Thought experiment. Thought experiment. Thought exercise. Love it. Let's assume they're getting every sign. And then they're hitting, let's say, on average, 400, right? Mm-hmm. They're doing really well at home. But don't you think that because they're being fed signs, they're not actually honing their craft? Their eye is probably getting worse in general because they know a pitch is coming. I, I believe that the offset is more in the negative. Like when they're away, they're doing worse than they are doing better at home. So, but counterpoint, if I see this pitch coming, I can begin to recognize the traits. If I knew that it was going to be a curveball, then I'm recognizing and I am training myself better to know that it's a curveball. And as it gets closer and closer to me, hey, it's all it's doing is reinforcing what a curveball or a splitter, you know, or whatever is going to look like within but not only just as it's getting to the catcher and I see its movement, I know to watch for the signs of movement. That's, so, a, fan, that's a fantastic point. Quick math check, Justin. Is that artificial intelligence? No. No. Okay. <laughs> just making sure on that. Ben, excellent point. I actually hadn't <laughs> thought of that. Um, that's entirely like in the it's realm, valid. right? Because then yeah, it would totally. increase my overall batting because now I'm getting game time situations yeah. where I know what the pitch is coming. So even if I don't know what the pitch is going to be because now it's an away game, I'm more practiced mm. in yeah. that. I don't know. Like but I said, just, that's a just good following point. your thought experiment. And, but, and even it goes even deeper than that now that you bring it up. Like if you're facing a particular guy and you know that his curveball is coming, you could be like looking for all the precursors, like different arm angle or different like position on the ball. Mm-hmm. That's a, an excellent point. I That's I true. I don't know what to say to that. So, nice work, ben. But also, I mean, it's a good point. Good job, Ben. I'll give you an applause. All right. Um <laughs> The other thing about it is, though, like, I mean, there's a lot of times where, like, the pitches are outside on purpose or, you know, like, you're trying to throw a guy off as far as timing or whatever. And so, like, obviously, signs are given out for those pitches, too. So, I mean, that's where you kind of to Ben's point where you gain the competitive advantage more than anything else is, like, if you know to lay off a changeup, it's going to be outside for sure because, again, with the wooden spoon on the trash can out there banging on it, you know, you're... I don't know. It just seems like that even adds more to that theory of like just making your your senses sharper. So I think we're at is we can't really prove it at this point. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's all still allegedly anyway. In my opinion, seems like something that uh, if I left a team, I wouldn't just make up a wild accusation like that. And it's corroborating suspicions that have already been out there and that Justin like you said when we started this conversation other teams have gotten in trouble or talked about for similar things but because it was talked about with you said the Red Sox in 17 or 18 I mean MLB didn't do anything about it then so realistically it's like they're enabling the club's poor behavior and then it's really on them. Absolutely. And that's Same my thing point. With, 
major or with the NFL not punishing domestic violence or whatever, like all you're doing is furthering that culture of, um, you know, lack of accountability. Sam, what were you going to say? Do we think that there's some schmo in the MLB headquarters watching every bit of B-roll footage from every Astros home game? Yes. Oh, right now. Yeah. Absolutely. No, yes. like for evidence. Yes, yeah. ab- absolutely. Which that sounds like a terrible job to be hey, honest. Hey, let's get <laughs> Steven the intern on this. We need someone. And he's uh, like cockeyed, right? Yeah. yeah he's, he has to put down his Jimmy Johns in order to. Oh. You keep Yimmy, seeing I every... call it Jimmy Johns. Yeah. But it's just, it's very interesting overall. Like, I don't really know what's going to come of all this. It just doesn't feel like a whole lot at the end of the day because, again, you got to be careful about snooping around like this because you don't want to uncover a massive, you know, league wide situation where, you know, it's going to look really bad on the sport. I think that's really important to remember here. Yeah. But Hmm. even if it looks bad, I'd still say do the right thing. Yeah, you you would, but you're not talking about billions of dollars either. That is true. (laughs) I don't have the luxury of money when it comes to. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, owning a sports franchise. I think that's, you know, that's, I always say follow the money, and this this doesn't ring any differently here because it's it's one of those things where if you just look at what they stand to benefit, it's dollars, and they stand to benefit a World Series win no matter what, and you can't take that back now. There's just no taking that back, and you can take yeah. the title away from them all day long, but I guarantee you if I were a fan of that team and they did that to me, I'd be like, fuck you, I won the World Series in 2017. Doesn't you might matter. as well cancel the whole season if you're going to do that. Just like, just void the whole thing. Right? That would be like, great too. <laughs> the Marlins would feel really good about their whatever place finish. <laughs> That's a very good point. I hadn't even thought about that possibility. Hey, we got first. So, I mean, are, are there any like one thing that I didn't look at, and I don't know if you want to give this a quick peruse, Sam, because this is right up your alley. Like people like Yuli Gurriel, who like left the team. He left the team, right? He's one of those people. Uh, no, uh, he's still there. No, what's the other one? The uh, What's his name? Hold on. He plays for the Twins now. Marwin Gonzalez. Marwin so Gonzalez. You, yeah, I, I meant to bring that up. Like, we should look at the splits on guys uh, before and after that were on the Astros and now aren't. You pull up his 29... I'm, let's take Marwin Gonzalez, for example. I'm pulling up his 2017 numbers. So, he hit 303, on base 377, slugged 530, an OPS of 907 in 2017. That's Very really good. Very good. 2019 uh, OPS of 736. All worse. Yeah, 264, 322 on base, 414 slugging, OPS of 736. Not good. I mean, we expected him to take a step back. We knew he was an imposter, but how much of that is the cameras? Probably some of it. It's got to be. That's a significant drop-off, to be honest. 200 points? You are talking about two years' worth of space, but even so. I don't know. It just—it's very interesting. Is there anybody else that was on that team? There's got to be. Um, like, I mean, I, all I can think about is like pitchers, like Keuchel and right. Like that. <laughs> That's where my head went. So, does it really help us? Is Tyler White still on the Astros? Uh, let me look. He was there in seventeen. I'm pretty sure he's still around. Is it? Wasn't he like one of their top? Yeah, he's a prospect, so I doubt they got rid of him. Oh no, they did actually. They traded him to the Dodgers. But he didn't play, then Dodgers no. are too stacked. Definitely not. He had an 0.45 batting average in 2019. <laughs> it was only 12 games, so it's not really that big. It's very Ben uh, Nelson of you. <laughs> but yeah, I no, I mean, else. 
significantly worse numbers overall, though, in the, the following year. So in 20, 2017, he had a 279 average, on base 328, slugged 525, an OPS of 853. And in 2019, as a total, batted 208, on base 308, slugged 304, OPS of 612. Pretty interesting. Mm. Pretty interesting. So, I mean, there are definitely things to be gained here for these guys. I, I All I can get back to on this whole thing, though, is that when I watch those videos, I just don't hear the trash can banging or whatever that everybody's saying there is. So if this is happening, there may be, and I saw this actually just before we came in the studio to record, there's talk that there was some sort of other device that was alerting them that, you know, something was happening. So, like, in other words, I saw, like, for example, there were, like, armbands that buzzed once for fastball. You know, they could buzz it however quickly they wanted to. Things like that, which is interesting as well. And that's where the technology rules are probably going to come into play here. More than anything else to try to curb this. Any other thoughts, fellas? The whole thing's a mess. It is a mess. It's great, though. I'm really curious to see how MLB handles it. I, I know they'll do something wrong. There's only so much they can do, though. Right. So, like, I mean, I, the rules. I mean, my main question is, are they going to fuck this up? Feels like they're going to fuck this up. Oh, they'll fuck it up. <laughs> Almost certainly. I'm telling you, it's going to be like draft picks for two years and a slap on the wrist with the wooden spoon. Mm. Get that away from the trash can. We need to use it. That's right. So if you're interested in learning about rules or maybe you want to know about other people that uh, that were banned from baseball for cheating, allegedly cheating, why don't you check out a book on like Pete Rose or the 1919 White Sox? And if you need a new way to consume audio, a specifically book, you really got to check out Audible because today's show is brought to you by Audible. Audible is offering our listeners a free audiobook with a 30-day trial membership. Just go to audibletrial.com slash slm that's audibletrial.com slash slm there you can browse the unmatched selection of audio programs download a title for free and start listening today it's that easy go to audibletrial.com slash slm and get started now nice it's good stuff that audible great people great great sponsor over there so the Last thing I wanted to talk with you guys about now that we've hammered out uh, a massive cheating scandal and more to come is the one thing that got released the other day is the 2020 Baseball Hall of Fame ballot, basically having all the players that are going to be eligible for the Hall of Fame this year. Um, so I wanted to kind of talk through that a little bit with you guys. Uh, there's some interesting names on here, some names that continue to be on here. So to start this off, Ben, will you go through kind of the, the criteria for the Baseball Hall of Fame? Yeah, so basically, a couple different things. For the most common type of election, these are the criteria. Um, you have to satisfy the following criteria. You must have competed in 10 seasons. In the eyes of the Hall, if you play one game in a season, that counts as you played that season. You must have been retired for five seasons. Okay. If a player comes back and plays in the majors, it resets your clock. So figure out the last game that they played, and then, you know, start counting from there. Makes sense. Uh, the screening committee chooses whether or not they're they're worthy. Um, so basically, 
that's kind of where one thing uh, you know we may may have to look into. Uh, they can't be on the ineligible list, uh, which is the banned from baseball list. Your shoeless Joe Jackson, things like that. If a player dies within their five year waiting period, the five year waiting period goes away, and they're eligible six months after um, their death, provided they meet the above criteria. Mm-hmm. If someone is still playing in the majors and they pass away. They are eligible for election six months after they pass away. Interesting, because I was every there, there is a name on this list that I was curious about, but that that actually sums it up. So yeah, and then to remain on the ballot, so there's two rules left. To remain on the ballot, you must receive at least five percent of the votes any year. So if I did okay in year two or year three, but I didn't get in, and then I drop below five percent, I'm off the ballot. The right. other thing that can get you off the ballot is. Once you've been retired for 16 years, you fall off of the ballot. Hmm. And you're finally, you're elected in the hall if you get 75% of the ballots cast. Okay. So we've talked, to, Sam and I have definitely discussed this before whenever we were just, we were kind of talking about the the future Hall of Fame, you know, yeah. prospects and stuff. Sam, what are your issues with the rules other than you have to play one game in a season to be that, eligible? That's that one is the one that makes me sort of like raise an eyebrow. Um, there are plenty of guys now that I think are a little too injury prone, but stellar when they're on the field to be eligible for the Hall of Fame. So that one raises an eyebrow. When we started talking about death, I got a little concerned, like maybe they wouldn't be eligible. And then uh, all my concerns were washed away by letting Ben continue go on, go on with the rules. But <laughs> like, yep. If, if like Doc Holiday wouldn't, or not Doc Holiday, um, what's his name? Holiday, right? Roy Holiday. Roy Holiday, yeah. Also known as Doc. Yes. Um, I like it. I, I was, yeah, that's what I thought of initially. But uh, no, those rules make a lot of sense. I think um, after 16 years of being retired, falling off the ballot makes a lot of sense. I actually think these are pretty well formed. I was waiting outside of that one game per season thing. I was waiting for something like egregious to come out because baseball just tends to fuck this this type of thing up. Um, but no, this all this is all good for sure. I think my only pro- so I'm I'm with you on the whole like one game counting as a, a valid season. But like w- like seriously, what if you actually like you know you're out like we're gonna see more of this you say that Altuve gets hurt right for a full season say he's just out all of 2020 and then comes back in 2021 22 and does his thing for the rest of his career whatever like are we really gonna preclude him because of that like because he didn't play in the one game I mean that that also seems kind of silly on the other side of that could you define preclude because I actually don't know what that word means like leave him out oh is that I mean, are we really going to do that? I mean, I think it's about the body of work in my mind. Body of work. No? What What would be the minimum games that you guys would need to see to call it a season? Quarter of a season. Quarter of a season. Okay. That's I don't have an be, opinion. Uh, but like Tommy John's... <laughs> a baseball show. <laughs> Tommy John's take up a lot of time. Yeah, that's kind of where I'm at. Like it... I don't know. Oh, I have opinions, but not on this specific question that you asked. <laughs> okay. I'm I have a I have a huge amount of outrage that I will bring up shortly. Ben, what's your opinion on mayonnaise? Oh God. It's miracle whip or nothing. Oh God, that's Come the worst on. mayonnaise opinion ever. What the hell? All right. Let's get back to the ba- baseball hall of fame ballot. 
So who are some of the names that stick out to you, Sam? Yeah, Larry Walker. Uh, he was on the Colorado Rockies for a long time. He uh, is going to drop off the ballot if he does not make it this year mm. and is projected to make the Hall of Fame uh, on this ballot. So that one stands out to me. Derek Jeter's finally on the ballot. It's his first um, first time on. He should he should be a first ballot Hall of Fame. Yeah, for landslide sure. for sure. He'll get 80, 90% of the vote. Almost uh, Kurt, Kurt Schilling, also a name that sticks out. He's been, um, what's a really nice word? Ostracized. Uh, I'm going to use the word contentious. He's been controversial. Just kind of a dick. Yeah. I'm not even going to be nice anymore. He's been a bit of a dick, and uh, but he, he pitched really well for a very long time. So I think he deserves to be in. Um, I don't think they he's should gonna... not allow him to speak. Agreed. I don't think he's going to get in. I really don't. I don't think that people will. You think so? I don't think that people are going to vote for him. I really don't. So last year he got 60.9%, and this is his eighth year. So, or excuse me. Yeah, so he has two uh, two more years left if he doesn't get this one. Yeah, I and think he gets in. He's done nothing but make his situation worse over time, though, and that's that's the the shame of it all. Because it, And I'm not saying that's how it should be, and that's kind of the flaw with this whole system. And, like, it's interesting too because I look at like the basketball Hall of Fame, the NFL Hall of Fame, and it's like everybody fucking gets in. So you don't want that either. Like I do like the exclusivity of it because it does make it special. But like someone like Kurt Schilling, I mean, come on. At the end of the day, uh, like uh, outside yeah. of your your views on shit and whether you've been an asshole or not, yeah. like I mean, we talk about Nolan Ryan, Randy Johnson all the time on this show. Like those guys are assholes. They're psychopaths. But that's what makes them good at what they do. Yeah, I mean, flagrant racism, climate denial, and failed video game companies aside, Kurt Schilling did pitch the fuck out of the ball. He really did. We should talk about his Rhode Island-based video game companies sometimes because it was a disaster. I've heard that uh, that's so the know. hub of all video game companies is Rhode Island. Well, he took... Yeah, let's not get into it right now. We'll, we'll get into it another time. We it's, promised to do a deep dive last winter, and we did not. Okay, we're going we're gonna to add this to the list here in just a second. Um, so some of the names that I thought were interesting, you've got Jason Giambi on this one. You've got Todd Helton on this. You've got, I mean, some of the recurring names, Barry Bonds, obviously. You've got uh, Sammy Sosa. I mean, these, some of these guys that have been waiting to get in that are being absolutely, you know, shoved aside. Manny's another one. Manny Ramirez being shoved aside because of steroids. Like, I, I mean, just let these guys in and just get it over with. Let's just but stop. But you just with said this. you wanted it to not be let everyone in. You wanted it to be exclusive. You're going to keep Barry Bonds out of the Hall of Fame. Like, that's not absurd. Necessary. So, that's the thing is his numbers are climbing year over year. So, like, Sammy Sosa and Barry Bonds are both in their eighth year of eligibility. Last year, Bonds got 59.1%, and it makes sense. His career war is 162. Like, that's insane. Literally. Sammy Sosa, on the other hand, uh, he last year only got eight and a half percent of the ballot. So I mean, he's just barely on the ballot still. Yeah. I mean, that's fair. But I mean, you look at like Manny Ramirez, who has a near seventy WAR for his career. He batted three twelve, four eleven on base, slugged five eighty five, and had a career OPS from nineteen ninety three to two thousand eleven of nine ninety six. Like you can't keep this guy out of the Hall of Fame, but. They will. It's crazy. Uh, but so you got some of those names, but you've got like Paul Canerco's in here. What's your opinion of that, Sam? Well, I I mean, those guys are pretty fresh, right? I don't yeah. expect Cliff Lee to get, be getting any votes. 
Um, well, so that's yeah, the that's shit really part happen. because now there are so many good players because Cliff Lee, you know, like you said, not getting any votes. I get it. But before this episode started, I was prepared to go off because I didn't see Michael Young's name on the ballot. And that's because he only got 2.1% his first year of eligibility. So he's not on there, you know, and that's a personal preference. Like he probably doesn't deserve to be in there, but overall, if a good player doesn't make it first year, then I'm sorry. Like at what point, at what point have, I'm not saying the criteria is too strict, but I am saying that maybe the rules are not conducive for the caliber of talent that we have had. That's fair. Very fair. Um, I think that Sammy Sosa is definitely not going to get in. He cheated in a multimodal way. Yes. And there's just no way he's going to be allowed in. Like corked bats? (laughs) Corked bats and steroids. And also now he's a white guy. Yeah. He's just a... Straight up weirdo. And again, we've talked about this on the show since the beginning. If you want to know why he, sh- I think don't think he should be in the Hall of Fame, just Google Sammy Sosa pink hat. That's all you need to know. It's it's very interesting though. I think he's definitely going to be kept out of it, no doubt about it. But I mean, like names like Andy Pettit, I think are very interesting. He's been on it a few times. Do we know where his percentage was last year? Um, I got it for you. Nine point nine. Wow. Okay. Well, lower than I thought. He's pretty revered and. But first, that, that would have been his first year. I mean, yeah. 10% on your first year is pretty good if you're yeah. not Derek Jeter. That's true. Alfonso Soriano, is there any chance there? Uh, um, I don't think so. Not, well, not first still ballot. Early. Yeah. Still pretty early. Not first ballot, that's for sure. So the only name on here that I don't recognize is Rafael for call. Hmm. Why do I not know who that is? I know. I don't know that I know who that is either. Let's look it up. Uh, well, he played for Atlanta for most of his career and spent two years in St. Louis. Uh, looks like he was a one, two, three, four, five, six shortstop for the Braves. Career war 39 4, uh, 1817 hits, 113 home runs, batting average of 281. Run scored 1,063, career RBI 587, stolen bases a 314, OBP 346, slugging percentage of 402, OPS of 0.748. That doesn't seem that good. No, it seems very average. Was he like a gold glover nine times in a row or something? Uh, I mean, that'll get you, and that's not on the stat sheet. Uh, Fielding, he was rookie of the year. Okay. Uh and then he was one one time all-star. But I mean that's not mm. like in the caliber to me of like Vladimir Guerrero or anything like that. No, no, that's no. just kind of medium at the end of the day. So there's a prob- a good reason I probably had have not heard of this person. With the exception of you living in Atlanta, it doesn't surprise me. But it's yeah, the, I mean, that's a very new thing. I, haven't uh, I guess he was Dodgers. also a Dodger for a bit from 06 to 10. He was in Los Angeles. Can you can you give me the stats on what Andrew Jones has looked like? Because that guy spells his name like an asshole, and it pisses me off every time I yeah, see sp- it. Tell me how to spell it. That's his parents' fault. A-N-D-R-U-W. And he could have changed that legally. <laughs> Ugh. <laughs> Jesus. All right, so another man in a Braves cap. What the hell? Yeah, I knew um, that was a Brave. He yeah. had a lot of bombs. 
So his uh, career stats, war is 62-8, 1,933 hits, 434 home runs, batting average of 254, uh, RBIs 1,289, OBP 337, slugging percentage 486, OPS of 823. See, that's more of a Hall of Fame career than for call. That's borderline. It's borderline, but it's more there than the previous one we read. I can't wait for Beltre to be like a second ballot Hall of Famer. God, that'll be criminal. So what about you think this? it'd be criminal for him to not be first ballot? So what if what if there's a player who had um, twenty three hundred hits, career batting average of three hundred with a thousand thirty RBIs, OBP a three forty six, slugging percentage of four forty one, OPS seven eighty seven. It's a low OPS. It's pretty low, yeah. Ugh. All right, good, even y'all are keeping average. Michael Young out of the Hall of Fame. Yeah, I don't see it. I mean, no. Beltre had a ninety, almost a ninety-six career WAR, two eighty-six batting <sighs> average, on base three thirty-nine, slugged four eighty, and OPS of eight nineteen. Yeah, I think that's yeah. pretty pretty first ballot worthy. He may yeah. not get it, but I I don't think he'll get it. I, he may not get it, but I I wouldn't hate the take. That's for sure. I think he'll get in. I don't think he'll be first ballot. He'll definitely get in. So if he does get in, do you think he'll wear a Dodgers, Mariners, or Rangers Rangers cap? Rangers, for sure. He loved it there. Or a Red Sox cap for this one year. Shut up. (laughs) That would never happen. (laughs) That'd be so funny, though. So I'm really excited about this Hall of Fame and actually all future Hall of Fames because for me, like, yes, I've watched a lot of baseball in my day, but... It feels like we're starting to get guys on the ballot for the first time that I can actually say that I saw a bunch. Um, and at least for me as a, a very new old guy, I'm, I'm really excited about that. Like I watched Derek Jeter play a shitload of baseball. So yeah. I'm really excited to see that um, type of player that I can really put a face to the name uh, on the ballot. I'm with you. 100% really excited about this class. I think it's going to be awesome. We'll talk more about it as we get a little bit closer We've talked about some some cool type trips and stuff we've considered maybe going to Cooperstown this year for the outfielder trip. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see what happens. I like to tease those things and throw them out there. See what happens. I like to speak it into reality. Um, but yeah, I'm excited to keep I'm excited to keep watching this as well. So if you like what you're hearing, make sure to check us out. We are at sensiblyloud.com. You can find us on all of your social medias, both this podcast plus Sensibly Loud Media, all over Facebook. Uh, the good old Twitter, Instagram. Make sure to check us out. Plus, we have a slew of other podcasts. Do you like basketball? Do you like reality TV? Do you like being entertained? Well, chances are we have a podcast for that. Do you like dogs? It looks like Sam is holding up a dog podcast right now. Are we going to get a pepper pod? Maybe. Anyway, make sure to check us out. Plus, we're on YouTube now, so that's fantastic. Huge props to JMac for producing this and most every other episode. Thanks y'all for listening. We want to thank everyone for tuning in for episode 92 of the Outfielder Podcast. We would like to thank all of our fans, Sensibly Loud Media, our sponsors, and those with the sharp eye to keep the runners close. Grounds crew, please keep patrolling that outfield. Big ups to Kevin Towers. Don't text and drive, but we'll see you right back here next time on the Outfielder Podcast. Don't you touch it, that mother dire.